0: Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and
1: Zeke. All right, welcome back to uh, Season 2 of Coaching Minds. Uh, I'm your host, Isaac, and we're here with Benny. Ben? I'm loving the new digs we got in here. This is big time. It's really a move up from uh, across the hall. Yeah. And uh, these new microphones, I feel really, really professional. Uh,
0: yeah, it sounds like I can hear you in my fancy little headphones. It sounds like you have your own microphone, not that we're uh, sharing a computer microphone hovering over my patio furniture. Yes,
1: I am happy to have a little bit more space away from you. Um, this is luxurious. I do love you dearly as a great friend, but having my own microphone... I
0: like, I like that also. And today we got a special guest, uh, Kaylin Henderson, on the show with us. Kaylin, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, well, thank
2: you for having me.
0: Welcome <laughs> on here. In, uh, in high school, Kaylin was a state runner-up individually, three-time state team runner-up, uh, four-time high school All-State, also set the regional low-score record with a 64 in high school. Um, she's currently on the number one-ranked Division two Women's Golf Program, University of Indianapolis, and last fall, she won one event and tied for another, including a nine-under, two-day event in Nashville. Outstanding.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, just to kind of start off, can you just kind of tell us maybe your story about how you got started playing golf? Just like a quick fly through it, like one minute. What, what, how'd you get to playing golf?
2: Okay, so I got to playing golf all through my dad. Um, I started playing in tournaments at the age of seven, so I've been golfing for a long time. Um, first picked up a club when I was three years old. Just started putting, um, and then that I proceeded to play middle school, high school golf, and then finally college golf. And I've just, I've truly loved it my whole entire life. It's just my passion. It's
0: awesome. What uh, what was what was your high school golf experience like? Because I mean, I know just looking at these stats it sounds fantastic.
2: Um, high school golf, I loved it mainly because I loved my team. I loved playing with them. And it was just fun. There was really no pressure. Um, The first time I ever felt pressure was, um, I would say, sophomore year state finals. And that's kind of when my mental mess started happening. Um, But no, high school was so much fun. Loved it. It's just a lot different than college golf.
0: What is the biggest difference, you think, going from high school up to up to college?
2: I would say the biggest difference is f- just facing adversity. Um, in high school, I felt like I was in the top of golfers. And then in college, you realize that you're not the best. And there's other people out there that are better than you. You kind of have to fight to be in the top five. And in high school, I never experienced that. It's just a whole different ballpark in college.
0: Kind of like just pressure all the time, not even just in tournaments, just to be in that top five. Yes. Knowing mm-hmm. that spot's not really, uh, not really guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So we we talk about the focus cycle a lot, and you know what are you focusing on? How are you talking to yourself? What's your body feeling like? Um, I know you said your sophomore year that you kind of dealt with some stuff. What in in college? What have you noticed? Or playing in big term tournaments? What have you noticed? where do you think the most people kind of get off track or kind of get off target? Is that, is that something that you notice other people struggling with?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, I would say a lot of people feel pressure from their coaches um, because their coaches expect them to do well because you've spent all season training with them. And so they expect good scores from you. And I mean, a couple of girls on my team, before they even go out and play in a tournament they're like oh i don't want to disappoint coach i need to like have a good score and so i feel like the pressure from the coaches gets to a lot of the girls and i just see a lot of including myself just a lot of mental errors out on the course
0: sure and i mean you know part of the reason that you guys are such great golfers is you have such incredibly high expectations of yourselves mm-hmm. also is how do you how do you balance that whole thing of you know you've got your parents that poured all this money in you've got your coach that's working with it, you. you've got mm-hmm. your swing coach that's been working with it you you've got your teammates yourself how do you how do you balance all that stuff?
2: It's a lot because you don't want to disappoint anyone, especially yourself. like for instance, I put so much pressure on myself because I know what I'm capable of doing in golf and um, all the people that follow my golf and the people that check in on my scores after each tournament, you don't want to disappoint them either, sure. You know, and so that's just a—it's a lot of pressure yeah, from everyone. Right.
0: Do you have any? Do you have any tools that you would recommend to to other golfers, younger golfers? Like, hey, I tried this out; it really helped me a lot.
2: I would say there are probably three things that I have learned from you. <laughs> um, I would say positive responses. So, for instance, what I tell myself and what we kind of talked about was if i'm ever feeling pressure for my heart's racing um, before a tournament i'll tell myself i work the hardest i have the drive i'm the best golfer in the world and i'll tell myself that like 20 times every time i feel pressure and it's made a huge difference in my game and then the second one is picturing my shot before i actually do my shot and that helps a ton just because you're confident you're more confident over the ball when you kind of feel like you already hit it in your head and, like, mm-hmm. you saw where the ball landed and everything. The third one that helped me was just my pre-shot routine. So mm-hmm. for my pre-shot routine, um, I it's just repetition, repetition, and you don't feel any nerves or pressure because you've done it before so many times. And in my head, I actually count and I say my pre-shot routine in my head, and that's really helped me as well.
0: That's awesome. The uh, So the that first part, let's go back to number one, The the go-to statement. You said you yes. said it. You said it like 20 times. Uh-huh. Why, why 20 times?
2: Because one time sometimes just is not enough for me. <laughs> I, I have to keep going until I actually feel my heart rate get kind of back to normal. Um, and also like breathing techniques, that helps me as well. Just a combo of those. Yep.
1: I feel like you have to tell yourself that so many times because the first couple, you're just not believing it. Yes. Like, no, I'm <laughs> in this spot and... Like, I, I'm not the greatest golfer in the world, but mm-hmm. then if you keep telling, it's like, okay, then you start believing it more and more, and sometimes maybe it takes five, maybe it takes 20. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: I, I sometimes
0: <laughs> feel like with my golf game, I need to just put in headphones that have my go-to statement playing for the whole round, and just oh, maybe that would help me, me improve <laughs> my I think my that would help me, game. too. <laughs> so, that I know i know we we talked about it on the on the podcast in in season one but just that time that i was stuffed into the mri machine and was just freaking out i literally was just saying mine over and 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 finally it was like hey this is actually working yeah absolutely awesome let's go back to that second one that you said the second one kind of visualizing and seeing the shot that you're going to take you you said it it kind of helps you feel confident good talk about that just a little bit more
2: yeah so before my shot before especially I do this on my on the tee box um I will go behind the ball and I will truly picture myself hitting the ball exactly where the ball is going to land and so that way when I get up and actually hit the shot I'm more confident in it just because I know where the shot's going to go I already visualized it in my head
0: what do you do then? Because if I'm, if I'm a coach sitting and listening to this, I'm like, oh, that's nice. So what do you do when you shank it into the woods or you slice it over into some water?
2: You know, that happens too. It does. <laughs> I've done it. Um, if that happens, you just have to kind of forget about it and be like, you know what? Mistakes happen. It happens to everyone. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of that confidence yeah. and refocus and just keep moving yep. on. Yep. So uh, the, that third one that you talked about, your pre-shot routine, uh, What what is that kind of routine that you go through?
2: Yep. So my routine is it all starts from behind the ball so I get behind the ball I visualize my shot I get up to the ball I take like exactly two looks is what I take um at the wherever I'm going my target and then I look back down at the ball and I take a breath and then I I go and I hit it
0: do you think that kind of focusing on that routine helps you and kind of prevents other thoughts from wandering in and making their way into your mind?
2: Oh, definitely, because I'm the type of golfer that always thinks about my technique and my swing. And so I used, like used to, um, whenever I would get behind the ball, I would just start thinking about my swing and like, oh, I need to do this, this, this. And so thinking just about my pre-shot routine has really helped me cancel out those thoughts. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
1: you're going to fill your mind with something. Right, and so I can't if you're just not, turn it off. yeah, and if you're not, you having that routine, it might be those negative thoughts, or yeah, you're thinking about the technique. Am I going to hit this right? Or that ball's maybe buried a little bit deeper yeah. than what it should be, or those types
0: yeah, of things. Thinking about the last shot you had, or mm-hmm. what this is going to do to your final yeah. score, mm-hmm. all that. Yep. So I got a six-year-old daughter. She just got a set of clubs for Christmas. She is so pumped. She's so excited. What? What? If you could go back, what would you tell? Six-year-old you as Ooh, a golfer.
2: That's a good question. Let's see, six-year-old me, um, like mental aspect or physical, sure. like, or just kind of all of it. All I
0: of mean, it. you're the one talking to yourself. All but. right.
2: Well, I would start off solely putting and chipping because um, what my dad told me is a lot of people who start off swinging the club right away they get defeated very fast. And so, if you just keep the ball on the ground, just putting. That encourages you to want to keep playing. And then um, just the mental aspect, just have fun. Yeah. Just make sure you have fun. Yeah, yeah, not
0: put too much pressure on yourself.
2: Exactly. Not, but,
0: absolutely.
1: That sounds like good um, advice for, I don't know, roughly a 29-year-old that's <laughs> not very good at golf. <laughs> and maybe I, he should just not go to the driving range and just go putt.
0: I, f- I feel like you're going to owe Kaelin some money for this yeah, free that. golf <laughs> lesson you're getting absolutely. here today.
2: Short game is key. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> moving up to either middle school you or high school you. When do, when do things start to change? What what would you say as you went up?
2: Um, Mentally. I would say sophomore year at state finals and it's kind of interesting because um, at state finals my freshman year I was runner-up and so I was like okay I need to win it this year. I was putting so much pressure on myself and this was the first year that my parents actually saw me get mental <laughs> because I was freaking out I was I had a really bad driving range session before the tournament started and I was saying, oh my goodness my swings messed up what do I do what do I do and it was just not good from there. Was
1: this stuff that you were you were verbalizing and like your parents saw it, or was this all internal?
2: I was verbalizing were, it to okay. them. Just my dad, though. To everyone else, I was playing it cool, obviously. Uh. But to my dad, I was saying, "Dad, my swing is messed up. I have no idea what to do." I was freaking out.
0: Do you, do you think <laughs> as a as a younger golfer before then, it was just kind of like. That there wasn't really that pressure and if you screwed up it didn't really matter you, yes you're just because not everyone
2: again. was following your scores um, but at the state final everyone's like mm-hmm. eyes are on you gotcha mm-hmm. so
0: from the from the mental side preparation wise maybe like as a eighth grader freshman it would have been good to kind of learn how to control that focus a little bit or your self-talk or your breathing.
2: Oh yeah. I think people need to start focusing, including myself, need to start focusing more on the mental aspect of golf instead of the physical techniques. I really do. Cause I feel like that gives you a leg up on everyone else.
0: Makes sense. So what, uh, what plans do you have for the future after, after college?
2: So after college, my goal is to go pro to the LPGA. I would say that's my main goal right now. And then, if that doesn't work out, which I'm really hoping it does, um, I don't know. Might go to cosmetology school. We'll see.
0: <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been fantastic. Absolutely.
2: Yes. Thank you so much.
0: That was awesome. That was that was great conversation. Good talking with her, just kind of hearing where her mind was at um, at, at different points in her career.
1: Right. Even going from being a six-year-old up to where she is right now yep. and the mental side of it uh, was excellent. I thought that uh the go to statement was pretty pretty big from what she was mentioning. Yeah. Some something
0: that, you know, she she put a lot of work into and really developed and I think the key part was she said she repeated it over and over and over. Just like that time that my my wife was looking out the the glass and she was freaking out a little bit on the way up the mountain and I said, Hey, just say this and she Said it real quick, and it was like that's stupid. That didn't work. Well, it's not like some magical wand that you just wave around and and it magically fixes everything, right. right? But saying it over and over, not only is that changing what that little voice in the back of your mind is, you're talking instead of listening to that voice, but it also changes your focus.
1: Absolutely, and there's a part to it I think where you've got to, you have to be able, you have to practice it. Like for myself, when I hit the ball into the sand, golfing. I basically know it's going to be two strokes before I'm actually getting out of the sand. And when I finally get out, it's like we're talking grass blades um, out of it. And uh, But, you know, I can't like walk up there and be like, oh, I'm putting this sucker right next to the pin. I'm going to put this ball right next to the pin because I know I'm a great golfer and I'm a great golfer. If I haven't practiced it, the go-to statements, you're not going to believe it. It's like you talked about in the first season about how you – were a great coach, and you'd, you'd watch more film, and it carried over. But if you weren't doing that, you wouldn't have that feeling inside. Yeah,
0: you need that first part that, hey, I am confident in this part of my game. So absolutely, maybe for you on the way up to the sand, it's time to show everybody how much work I put into my sand game.
1: There we go. <laughs> and it's been a lot here of late. I mean,
0: at, well, that's true. I mean, at some point, if you don't practice it, you're literally never going to get better <laughs> at it. <laughs> that the mental training plan isn't like a, a magical spell that makes you good at something you're you're not any good it at it takes some work absolutely <laughs> what what about that second one though that when when she brought up the coach and the pressure and the pressure that he put on everybody
1: yeah i i i thought that was interesting uh part of that is the coach's job to make them understand but also uh as a coach i don't want to freak my players out more sure. than what what they already are. Uh what do you I mean what do you think?
0: I think as a coach, if we don't ever put any pressure on our players that's so great and so and kind of weighing on them we're not pushing them a little bit more outside of their comfort zone. I don't think we're really completely doing our job either. I know, you know, when we were when we were really looking into one off season, how can we get our punt returners to deal with all the pressure of a whole bunch of guys running full speed at you while you're staring up at the sky trying to catch something um that, that's a lot of pressure yeah, absolutely. it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that and one of the things that we kept coming we kept coming across as we talked with all these great college programs was i want to make it as uncomfortable as possible in practice i want all of august for them to just be miserable and to feel like i'm all over them so that i can figure out hey this person can handle the pressure, and this person can't handle the pressure. And that, and that's not a bad thing.
1: Okay, Ben, what do you think about where she mentioned her best advice for your daughter?
0: Yeah, a six-year-old that just got a brand-new set of clubs. Like a big-time golfer. and Gr- Grow to love the game. Fall in love with it so that when things do get tough, which they're going to, and when things are really difficult that you still have that deep down inside you've got that why you've got that I'm doing this because I love it I'm doing this because you know that turns into grows into I love my teammates I develop those relationships but I mean so important to at a young age to to have that love but then they're kind of pairing that up there's also a point where this gets a lot more serious you know she said for her it was her sophomore year maybe her freshman year at state it was kind of like well if I If I screw up, it doesn't really matter. I'm a freshman. Everybody will forgive me. Right. But then her sophomore year, feeling like, well, I've already succeeded. Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty big time, I think, in an individual sport and and everybody's eyes are on you, like she said. And then you start feeling that pressure because there's crowds following you. You see a scoreboard that's got your name on it.
0: And you've got all those relatives from out of state that are following you on Twitter or following you on some website that's tracking you. Right, that's
1: a whole new pressure, that. Uh, I'd say it's probably, that's a pressure that's hard to replicate in practice.
0: Sure. I mean, I think at some point, if her coach never puts pressure on her and her teammates, that is super uncomfortable, that is just, it's very difficult and they have to learn how to deal with it right now. If, if they don't do that before they get to the national championship, well, now all of a sudden there's this big level of pressure that They're trying to figure out how to deal with versus, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if your coach has put that much pressure on you that you feel like there's an expectation there and it's, it's something that inside of you, your mind and your body, it's affecting you. It's affecting your swing. You know, I I think that's going to be helpful and there's going to be a point in her career where she looks back and says, man, I'm glad he did that. That was
1: it. Yep. That was awesome. So a note to all the coaches listening, the higher up you go, the pressure is going to be there whether or not you've prepared for it and your players know what to do once that shows up because of your deliberate practice, or if you avoid it, then they're going to see it eventually and probably end up on the wrong side of it.
0: Right. And again, this is, this is not us telling parents how to raise their kids. This is not us telling coaches, here's how you need to coach. You know, your kids, you know, your players. We don't, I've never met them. Our whole goal here is to just lay out, Hey, Here's some different things that some different athletes experience. And it, it's this is nothing more than a learning tool. And you can kind of listen and say, all right, well, here's how she felt. And in two weeks, you're going to get to hear from a young man that played in two national championship games. And you're going to hear kind of how he felt.
1: I would just encourage you to reach out to us. And uh, as always, if you need to check out uh, mentaltrainingplan.com slash podcast for any resources, uh, we've got those there for you. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And your feedback, we do ask you go, maybe go get on um, where you listen to your podcast, whatever that might be, that platform. Give us a rating, give a review, um, share it with somebody, and uh, reach out to us on social media at MentalTRPlan. Hit us up or just use the hashtag that we've been using of late, which is um, hashtag plan and execute. In the meantime... Make your plan
0: and put it to work. See that fancy new little soundboard (laughs) device we got.
1: I really try not to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, we'll see you guys in two weeks.